0: You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. But uh, many of you uh, probably are familiar with the fact that um, we don't have a pastor right now, do we? So we're still looking towards that, or forwards to that, and uh, this is that strange time of year, right, between Christmas and New Year's, kind of that lame duck stretch or whatever, where, you know, how many of you this week were kind of like, you didn't even know what day it was? Okay, oh okay. Maybe that's just all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I was just kinda of lost all, all week long, didn't know what day it was, what was going on, that kind of thing. And then I'm realizing, like, oh, we're coming into the new year and, and that. How many of you do New Year's resolutions? Anybody do that? Okay, all right. Now I know that gets poo-pooed once in a while, but I, I think it's a good thing to kind of stop for a minute and, and think, well what what have I got ahead of me? Uh, you know setting goals and, and that sort of thing here's here's something really important about setting goals you need to know the difference between a goal and a desire a lot of us set goals but they're actually desires see a goal is something that you and i uh, that we're perfectly in control of okay um, a di- a desire is is something that's you know un- under the control of other people or circumstances and sometimes we mix those things up and then we get really frustrated because we thought we set a goal when it was actually a desire. Uh, it, was, it was dependent on somebody else's coming through or circumstances coming through or, or that sort of thing. I mean, it's kind of silly for me to set a goal to say, I'm going to make a million dollars by the end of 2020. Um, that's not totally up to me. I mean, I can do a lot of work towards that, but there are circumstances and other people that would probably have to come in play in order for that to happen. And so, I encourage you in that to you know think about well, what are goals? You know, what are things that I am in control of? Like, I'm going to read my Bible every day. You know, that doesn't depend on other people, and, and that that's something I can do. So um, there you go. You can set set some resolutions for that. But you know what? I think God sets resolutions. <laughs> Uh, I, you see it in his word. You know some of the statements that he makes is just flat out a resolution that he is going to carry out, and it's good to look at those. So we're going to do that this morning. We're going to take some time because it's you know between uh, you know 2019 and, and 2020. And yeah, I can make all kinds of jokes about having clear vision and things like that this year because 2020 vision, you know. I'm coming, but I'm not okay. By the way, Colby was here. How many of you you know Colby? Yeah, he was here. His puns are not getting any better. Uh, They're they're getting worse. But pray for Colby. Uh, Colby's going to be entering into the mission field. In uh, North Africa, I think it was that that he was going. He'll be spending a year in France. not with Brian, but five hours away from Brian, you know, which is like a drive to Montana for us. Um, but he'll be there doing that and, and moving towards uh, that, that mission somewhere in the next six months to a year with the Christian Missionary Alliance. So never forget that our college students who join us uh, regularly every Sunday, God's doing something in their lives. And uh, he's taking them places that, uh, that they probably never imagined. Speaking of which... Have you ever done that? Have you ever kind of predicted something or forecasted something and it totally did not go the way you thought it would go? Now this could probably lead into a really good story. Does anybody have something they'd like to share about that? Is there a time where you kind of had your things mapped out but it did not turn out at all the way you thought it was going to turn out?
1: Isn't that just
2: parenting?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have kids and they're gonna be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that is parenting, you know, on a daily basis, you know. Yes, change uh yes Lori.
2: man in the ministry. What's that? Married the man
0: in the ministry. Oh did you have some kind of idea what that was gonna be like?
2: Uh, had it all
0: Had it all planned? Didn't go that way, did it? So no, because that's the way ministry is. Like, for example, probably for a lot of us, I mean, a year ago we had no idea that our pastor and his family would be packing up and moving to France. You know, I don't think they even had that idea a year ago. It, it came fast and suddenly uh, when it did come. Uh, I thought that by this time, this year, um, I would be pedaling a fat bike on the trail on the bike path downtown uh um, but I'm not because surgery is expensive and you can't buy fat bikes when you when you have surgery and uh yeah so you know what was it about 6 months ago when I when I wrecked my my bicycle and uh, so I'm not back up on it yet like I hoped that I would be but I, I had a clear vision last year and I had a clear vision of riding that fat bike and doing that sort of thing but yeah, things change, and a lot of the prayer requests. As I was listening, I was, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of waiting uh, going on, but I think we have to remember that, in spite of uncertainties, um, there is one thing that is certain, and that is God's word. Uh, that, that never shifts, that never changes, um, nothing derails God's plan. And it's really important for us, not only as individuals, but as a church together to be thinking about, well, what what is God doing in, in 2020? Um, or what might God be doing in 2020, especially in common ground, especially in the life of this family of believers right here? Um, I, I think you're familiar with James chapter uh, 4. Uh, this isn't my text today, the text is actually Isaiah 43, and I'm only going to spend a brief time in that, and then I'm going to be maybe putting a couple people on the spot here, just so you're forewarned, because uh, we're going to have a little chance to talk a little bit about what's been going on, what's, what's, what's going on now, and what could be happening in, in the time to come. But but we're warned in James chapter four verse thirteen. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and and uh, trade and make a profit. Yet you do you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and, and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. So there's, wow, there's just so much that James throws in in a short statement. You're kind of, He's all over the map sometimes uh, when he says some things. But, but I think we're, we're aware of that, that we should be careful to say, well, this is what's going to happen. When instead we should be saying, you know what, if the Lord wills, This is what's going to happen. But you want to know what the danger is in that because I heard, I heard it mentioned several times this morning about, you know, trusting and obeying. Uh, you know about Matt saying we're, we're kind of like a moving car a parked car is really hard to steer but once it's moving then there's direction I think sometimes we will look at this and, and, and this thing about God's will and we'll say well then I'm just going to firmly plant my butt in a chair and I'm going to leave it there until God makes it absolutely clear as to what his will is going to do is going to be and, and then once God shows me his will clearly in black and white with handwriting on the wall you know, then I will go and do that thing. So there's, there's kind of the spectrum of being too quick to act without checking mm-hmm. on God to the other end of the spectrum of not acting at all. And, and I think a lot of people uh, have gone through their entire life and never acted on God's will because they waited for him to make it perfectly clear. One of the things that I've learned from Brian and that I really miss with him being off in France like this is, is this thing that we call spiritual agility and what that is is just being moving but ready to change direction as God makes his will clear uh, there's a wonderful book here. I, I should have brought a copy of it with me it just, it just dawned on me, on me a minute ago I think Kevin DeYoung is the author tiny little book, not very thick at all real easy read and it's called Just Do Something and that's his whole point there, is that so many people sadly miss out on this great move of God in their lives because they sat and waited. When he says, instead, at least be moving, at least start going a direction ready to have God say, all right, now let's go this way. Now that you're up and you're going, let's go this way. And that really is how ministry works. I mean, it's it's loft, it's, clumsy. it's It's messy. It's, it's not perfect. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's false starts. It's, it's tumbles and, and falls and getting back up again. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is a righteous man falls seven times but rises again. And, and the very simple paraphrase of that is get up more times than you fall down. You know, just get up more times than you fall down. That's all God's looking for in us. And I think that's part of what makes common ground common ground is that, you know, we don't have it all figured out. But we're willing to trust God to show us the way as we go. As we go. So that takes us to the text that I I wanted us to park in for a minute this morning. And that's Isaiah 43. And I invite you to open your Bibles or turn your phones there if you would. I'm just looking at the picture Matt put up for the sermon here and the message here. Okay, yeah, and, and you know, we've been preaching out of a Christmas song for the last four weeks or so um, out of O Holy Night and that. So there's another Christmas song that has that line, do you see what I see kind of thing. And that's kind of the thought today about common vision uh, together. And I want to be very careful about that because I think it's important for a church to have vision. But yet we're in that strange period of waiting for a pastor to come in because he's going to have a vision. <laughs> and so we want to make sure that, that whatever vision we have, um, it's a vision that he shares. okay, And uh, and it's a vision that he's going to, he's going to carry further and clarify and, and, and broadcast for us. But I think we can speak at least this far out of God's word. Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21. Um, this was prior to the Babylonian... Uh, exile you might remember your Old Testament history God's people failed uh, to be his missionaries to the nations and that not only did they fail to do that but they went a little bit backwards and they started worshipping the gods of the nations around them instead of turning the, the nations towards God and uh, part of the consequences of that was they spent 70 years in exile under the, the oppression and control of the Babylonian Empire then the Persian Empire uh, and then eventually the Greek Empire, then the Roman Empire, and then Christ came. Um, so sometime before that invasion came, Isaiah was talking to the people, he was warning the people, God was giving a clear vision through this this prophet, and he says this in verse uh, verse eighteen, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, and it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? In a way, that's God saying, do you see what I see? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. You know that was God talking directly to Israel, but the principle of what he was saying there applies to all of us who are his people through faith in Jesus Christ. Now this is really an interesting statement here because God does not change his redemptive plan. That's very clear in the Bible. He has a plan for redemption and he does not change his redemptive plan, but he also does not restrict the creative manner in which he carries it out. And here's something that we do as people. We watch God do something and then we think, okay, that's how he's going to do it all the time. But but that's not the way. And this this is an example right here. For example, God did a redemptive work in bringing Israel out of Egypt. And part of that redemptive work was opening up a sea and allowing them to walk on dry land where there once was a sea. In this one, he's referring to a second Exodus, and this will be the Exodus out of Babylon, back into the promised land. And this time, he says, I'm not making a, I'm not gonna make a sea into dry land, I'm gonna take a desert and I'm gonna fill it with streams of water. He's still doing a redemptive work. He's still bringing his people where they're going to be, but it's an entirely different way in which he does that. And I think that's why they didn't understand Jesus when he showed up. They had a the, the, Israel had an idea of what a rede- redeemer was going to look like. He was going to look like a guy that was going to kick the Romans' butts out of their country. But that wasn't the way Jesus worked. But he still brought redemption, redemption in a way that we could never imagine. And I think that it's good for us to, to recall that, that, that it's a, there's, there's a danger in saying, well, this is the way God's always done it. So maybe he should do it, keep doing it that way. I think what we have to do is say we're dead certain that God is doing a redeeming work. Absolutely certain of it. What it's going to look like. Well, that remains to be known to one degree or another. We know dead certain that Christ is the only means by which that's done. But how he's going to work through us and how he's going to work in us and around us, that's something we still maybe have not seen. So I want to take a minute and I'm going to rely upon the veterans here. You know, with the college students, gone, our median age just jumped considerably. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some veterans that have been around uh, this church before it was even called Common Ground, before it wound up in a basement here. So this is where I might be putting some of you on the spot. And yes, I do want to be able to hear you. Um, what are some things that you've seen God doing in recent years? through this body, you're around this body, you're in this body?
2: Definitely he has given us a vision where we, I think, wandered for quite a while. We have a vision, and that vision is very clear. Not that he couldn't change it. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, that's why we remain agile. Because, you know, we directs us as we move and as we go. Okay? Sal. So. notice all the old vets are kind of sitting over here.
2: <laughs> um, definitely healing. Healing. Yeah. yeah, this, um, we were a very, not only strange bunch, but we were a very sick bunch about eight years ago in, in need of healing, and he has brought a lot of healing. Okay.
0: All right, thank you, Sal. Um, here's a little thing about Brian you didn't see Brian shed tears too often and uh, some time ago just it was shortly before he left it was after one of our refuge city worship nights Brian was standing back there by the railing I was standing beside him and I looked over and his eyes were all wet I'm like what's going on Brian and he says well he says look around you and I looked around at all these people just kind of yakking and talking with each other he said, uh, just a few years ago, uh, as soon as the service was done, everybody just split. They just left. There was no relationship. There was no community. He says, now I'm standing here and I'm seeing something entirely different. Streams in the desert stuff that God is doing. And I think that's part of the healing uh, that Sally is talking about. I'm, I'm kind of recent here. It's only been about three years or so that, that Lori and I have been here. But that's one of the things we notice is that there's a strong community in this very strange little bunch that we call common ground. Okay, anybody else that's been here for a while, what have you seen God do here? Or have you got bashful and they saw me putting mics in their faces. And like that? Okay. Well there's there's no doubt that God has been doing things. Okay? No doubt whatsoever. Whoopsie click that off here. Um and, and it's easy to look back. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. they say. It's a lot easier to look back and see things uh, clearly. Um, what do we know now that lies before us? Uncertainty. Okay, uncertainty. Okay, but what is part of that uncertainty? What is something that we do know for certain about that uncertainty? What is lying before us right now as a church, as common ground here in Rapid City? Get back to that
1: <laughs> we, have, we have to move buildings pretty soon what's that we have to move buildings move, potentially move buildings? Decide if we move buildings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or change locations yes okay yeah there's a potential location change uh, and that's scary and uncertain and, and things like that it's you know it's it's easier to just think well can we just keep meeting in this smelly basement uh, and things like that I mean it looks like we can now but uh, give us a couple weeks and the college students are back and, and you know we're at capacity uh, and historically uh, common ground sees a surge in march and april okay and mostly college students and and we've seen that in the past few years and so we're, we're already not prepared so to speak for march and april and uh, I've been sitting down and talking to a lot of our guys from college. And well, what is that about? What happens in March and April? And uh, what I've been hearing from them is, is that's when we find out we've hit rock bottom. That's when we find out we've got nothing left, and it's it's time for us to go seek help. Um, Joey, who I think you guys recognize as a guy that God has lit on fire, um, we we were talking. He invaded our staff meeting. <laughs> So it was an awesome staff meeting. Uh, Joey and Daniel and, and Nick were there, and we were just sitting there talking. It just turned into a real great, great time of sharing. And, and Joey was talking about how he's really concerned for the other School of Mines students. He says they need people to give them counsel. He says they're hurting. They're lonely. And he says and there's just not enough people there. Right now there are probably five um, on-campus ministries uh, at, at the School of Mines. And it would be very generous to say that, that each of them reaches 100 people. So that would be like 500 people out of a student body of 2,800. And a good number of them are non-traditional students, so they don't stay on campus. As soon as school is done, boom, they're out of there. So you think about that, that's about 2,300 souls that, that, that are hungry okay, and are hurting. Uh, there's a lot of college students that don't even come out of their dorms. You just don't know where to go, so they just stay in their dorm room. And, the door, and, and Joy was t- t- talking about that, and he was also saying, he says, I believe that this church is part of God's vehicle to change that. So I, I know that God's putting some kind of vision uh, into Joey as a college student to reach out to others. So I, I have a feeling that something's stirring in the year to come, in 2020, Uh, With with that, and our part in that is common ground, and yeah, that might mean looking for a new location, and and it's got to be a location that works for us to keep reaching out to our college students. So that's something we know is on the table. There, what else? Anything else that somebody can think of? We know is ahead of us right now. New pastor. Pardon me.
2: Looking for a new pastor. Looking
0: for a new pastor. Okay. James, you want to say anything about where we've been with that, or where we're going, or
2: where we're at right now? Well, the district has presented. The district has presented two candidates. that um, did not call them here, so where are we right now, we have two potential candidates, and that's they haven't filled out the official Rocky Mountain District paperwork, but. Uh, the district Soup has told us there's two potential candidates, so that's that's where we're at. We've had we've had two, now we have two more potential. Uh, I assume they're waiting for the holidays before they fill out the paperwork. We'll uh, just keep praying. Um, I'm to- always encouraged of how how healthy our church is and how th- people just fill in the gaps. People step up when there's a need here, that we're not in a not in a scramble to, oh, we, we need someone here to, to lead us. Uh, the Lord is the leader for this church and always will be we Just keep praying for uh, for him to call the person that's going to come and help us with our, come beside us with the, with the vision and continue what we're doing. I guess the other thing is it's just encouraging to hear we talk about the action and um, hearing of people from this church and in this church who are doing things, uh, college students that are going on mission, members that are going on missions, and people that are working on locally with homeless people here. It's it's just super encouraging how, how healthy this church is.
0: Thank you, James. So, yeah, it's a process to call a new pastor in, and uh, work's being done. Uh, our district superintendent, I like the fact that you called him our soup. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, wonderful guy, that's his job, that's what he's doing. He's looking for good candidates for us, and he's, he's even said, wow, it's weird. It's, it's just really hard to find resumes right now. There's not a lot coming in. So God's doing something in that. He's making us wait, and he's keeping us agile. And as James mentioned, you know, that's, that's part of what maybe we didn't realize, that we're kind of in an agility, spiritual agility boot camp where people are rising up and doing things, but we're also being ready to shift uh, however God might lead and, and might direct. So we just want to at least fill you in on that, that that work is continuing uh, to be done, and I'm sure the holidays kind of create a lull for us. Um, even if we get a resume Monday, um, there's still going to be a process of going through the interviews and potential <clears throat> candidating and his move, uh, should he be called. So it could still be at least a couple of months out uh, at the soonest that we would see somebody come in. Uh, so I know that part of what I have to do in the meantime is, you know, I'm, I'm committed to being here for the interim to, to do whatever uh, needs to be done as much as I'm able to. Um, so with that in mind, uh, that means that that I'm giving the soup a call to let them know I'm going to step forward in the licensing process because we don't know how long this is going to be. And I should be licensed since I'm on staff anyway. Uh, so, you know, that's God given a kick in the rear for that. Uh, so you can pray about that, because I don't really like sitting down, having guys throw 200 questions at me about theology and that kind of thing. But, but that's coming up. But I, I just know that's part of what has to be done at this time. Uh, in the meantime, to fill in the gap. So, um, so yeah, there we are. We, <laughs> we're continuing our search for a new pastor. We're going to have to consider what to do about space and uh, how we're going to handle that in in the years to, or in the months, days to come. Actually, very soon upon us. Um, Matt is also on staff here as our worship leader, and I wanted to give Matt just a second to to talk about his heart and his vision for worship uh, here at Common Ground. So, Matt, you want to come up and yeah. share that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, worship is something I'm super passionate about. Obviously, um, when I started here, I was totally unprepared. I, you know, I grew up in the church. I. Learned guitar on my own from YouTube videos and the internet, and so I never really was one who was formally trained in the in the ministry, um, and so looking back on just all the experiences that I've had at this church, and I've just kind of seen God's hand move, and and just realized that God has been faithful, and God has confirmed me in a lot of ways, and He's really built me up. Um, and one of the ways that He's um, building me up is uh, vision for worship, and how He's growing in me, and He's... He's revealing how um, worship can be better. I mean, better and and changed in ways that um, are more honoring to Him in a way. And um, and truthfully, the word I'm looking for is is deeper worship and more purposeful worship. Not that it's better or worse. Um, but one of the ways I'm looking to do that is I'm trying to include more interactive ways to worship. Um, so I've done this a few times in the past, and I've done it at worship nights. But including scriptures on the on the slides, moments. Where we might have people reading scriptures and we all just take a moment and just reflect on those words and while we let music play or for example maybe we have people respond in worship so we'll ask how has God moved in your life? Like we just sang about how powerful God is. How is He powerful in your life? And you know people might respond in, in ways that are unique to each of you and so those are those are ways that I'm looking to um, change worship because that's something that God has revealed on in my heart that I think would be beneficial. Um, Going on from there, um, one, one thing I'm starting to see and God is really revealing to me is that um, we need to disciple more people in worship and disciple more servants just in general, um, build more worship leaders, get more people on stage, and, and get more people leading worship um, so that um, we can really uh, train uh, new volunteers because I've just been, in my studies and my readings and um, in my prayer time, I've just God has really been showing me how important it is to get other people. It's we want to replace ourselves in a way so that they can take the ministry on themselves, or they can go and take that ministry elsewhere. Because you know, like Nick said, we need spiritual um, spiritual agility, and so that's part of it. Is because I never know where God might call me. You know, so I need to be agile, and He might call me somewhere or something like that. So God has just really placed in my heart that it's really important to get more servants and to build them up. Um, and to hopefully um, instill some of the wisdom God has given me into them, um, also going along with the theme of more deeper and purposeful worship, I want to include more songs that have um, a big and uh, a theological backing. Um, I think it 's really important to include songs that um, have a deeper meaning and reveal spiritual truths and reveal um, Theology that is correct, and so I've been praying about that a lot. About um, how actually I want to include more hymns, because you know we sang a couple of hymns this morning, and and as you see, as you read the words, and as you sing them, you, you find that hymnals have very deep, powerful spiritual truths in them, and so that's something I want to include more. And so as a church, we're going to be learning new songs, probably more hymns, and then also new songs that are theologically correct and backed, because. Um, one of the things I've learned as a worship leader is that a lot of people actually do gain their theology from the songs that they sing. And people have a, an inherent connection to, to music. And so we'll remember like Jesus was resurrected on the third as a, you know, as a lyric we might sing. And that becomes part of our, our theology. Or we'll remember Jesus heals us or, or just different things that we sing. And so it's really important that what we're singing is correct and is backed by the Bible. Because um, like James said... Jesus, He is the leader of this church, and the Bible. We hold that as deep, powerful spiritual truth, and we want to be singing correct and praising God in in um, a biblically based yeah. way. Um, going on from there, and so just those few things that we've talked about about more purposeful worship is the important thing that I'm trying to do as a, as a worship leader, and that God is kind of revealing to me is, is I want worship to be more God centered. It's unfortunate because. A lot of worship songs that are created today are really me-centered. And I'm sure you guys have kind of noticed that when you listen to songs on radio. And and not that me-centered worship songs are, are are bad in any way. Sometimes we need to hear a song that helps us to be more humble or a song that helps us realize that we're broken and that we need a Savior. Those are all great things. Uh, but what I want to try to aim us towards is that a more God-centered worship. So songs of declaration, songs of recognizing God's power um, and realizing God's character in our lives because... Um, that's what worship is—is—is—is is, is, is recognizing God and and seeing how He is moving in this world and responding to His hand, and that responding might be in obedience, might be in um, it might be in just different ways. So, um, that's kind of the direction we're going to go. And so you might see worship change, and that—that's okay. You know, we're going to have some growing pains, but um, just know that my goal is more purposeful, deeper worship that is God-centered, um, and so that's kind of what God has been revealing to me, and I just wanted to share that with you guys. So thank you. Thanks, Matt.
0: <laughs> you, got, you got applause. <laughs> so, and, and has not Matt been doing a great job? It's been, just been awesome, Matt, watching you grow and how you've been leading us, and we appreciate you so much and being a part of this and being on staff with us here and, and, and doing that. And I look forward to how God is going to work In you and through you, uh, for the benefit of this body here, and I'm excited to hear, uh, how that's, how that's been developing there. So, part of my job here is when Brian hired me on staff, um, was he he gave me the title of Skipper of Discipleship. That's Brian, so I started calling him Gilligan. Uh, and, uh, but but anyway, it's, it's, it, the role really means to be director of discipleship. So I've been thinking about well, okay, it, you know that's. Part of what I'm supposed to be doing here, so I've been trying to, I've been thinking and praying and, and talking about, well, what is our vision for discipleship? um I, this is our mission as, as a church, it's stated on the bulletin that you guys didn't get handed to you this morning, is our mission is to develop healthy, devoted followers of Jesus Christ worldwide. And it starts here, and, and hopefully will continue to go worldwide. Like, for example, co, uh, uh Colby, uh, heading off into into Africa, into the mission field. Um, We know this from the scripture. This is crystal clear. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Christian Missionary Alliance churches are great commission churches. That's, that's part of our tagline. That's part of what you hear John Stumble, the president of the CMA, say quite often. And, and that's part of what common ground is. That's part of our DNA. And, and if we really do believe that, Okay. If if we really do um, buy into that, then what that means is that every single disciple of Jesus Christ—if you have a faith relationship with Jesus Christ—you are his disciple, and every single disciple is a disciple maker who makes disciples. And so that's part of what we need to do as a church is to learn how do we become stronger and how do we grow in that to be disciple makers um, here in our town and I think when I hear like Joey talk about the need to reach out to his fellow college students in that it's very important that we're discipling Joey and, and Daniel and others uh, to step into that role and do that but you might say well what does that mean for me so uh, personally so I, I think that uh, that part of what is going to be coming in 2020, uh, whoever God sends for us as a pastor and things like that, I think He's going to be on board with this. Is that that we're going to be working very hard on on ministry development here um, in in our church? Okay, um, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I believe that God is going to do something in developing the women's ministry. He's already been moving in that, and uh, Susie's been a big part of that. And I think there's we're going to see more of that form up. Um, our youth ministry, even though we just have a handful of youth there's guys that are still plugging away at that and making sure we have nerf wars and that kind of thing but I know it's going to be more than that and bigger than that so that's going to be developing I was looking over at our children's ministry little tray there there where we have the hands on ears on eyes on thing and I thought oh that's been a while since that's been updated so there's that need. Um, we have lots of little kids in the in the fishbowl right now, and so we, it's important that we develop that. And I know there's people here that God has brought here uh, that have been working in that and others that will join in that and will be uh, a part of that. Uh, we partner with a lot of local missions right here in town, such as Campus Venture, which is on the School of Mines, InterVarsity, uh, Open, the Hope Center, uh, Love, Inc. And I know that there's, there's even new stuff that's been developing. Okay, so I thought, again, I'm probably putting somebody on the spot. I'm looking right at you. I'm going to give you a chance to come and share in depth, all right? But can you just real quickly tell us what God has laid on your heart? Just very fast.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't, I yeah. Don't yeah. Let's oh. yeah, keep the there. Okay. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't really know where to start with it. So I kind of a jump-starting uh, organization, I guess, called Come to the Hills. Um, and come is spelled K-H-O-H-M, and it's Hebrew transliteration for warmth. And so the idea is to bring warmth to the people of Rapid City while connecting them with resources to address their homelessness or mental illnesses. And so each item of clothing that is donated is also equipped with a label that has the hotline numbers for um, suicide hotline,
1: Um, the Hope Center, and uh, the Housing Consortium of South Dakota. And so really just partnering with local ministries to distribute those items and, yeah, continue to gather donations through the winter. Okay. Thank you,
0: Emma. I'm just going to continue my way back here. (laughs) We know Ted's been—we call him hot dog Ted. Ted. Ted, would you just share a little bit about, you know, what you've been doing? Because I know it's more than hot dogs. I follow you on Facebook, and there's a lot of stuff happening. So if you could just share real quick.
2: I don't do much of anything. Um, everybody else does everything. I, there's so many donors that just give a gift, and it's just my job to get that to other people who need it. So I really don't do anything.
0: So, like I said, I've been following Ted on Facebook, and this is something I see all the time. Hey, there's a family that just got a home and they don't have any furniture. And Ted gets the word out, and usually he's the guy either building the table... It into a pickup and getting it there, but he gets it there. Okay, so you are doing something. You're coordinating a lot of other people to jump in and help out. And and Ted does that because it's huge on his heart. Uh, I call that passion. Uh, He's passion-driven. I think that Emma is passion-driven. You've been for years you've been developing this, and uh, like I said, I'm gonna give her a chance to share some more because there's more stuff coming down the pipe about come to the hills. Uh, and, and where that's going to go. Um, she has a vision for that. Very clearly, God has laid vision on individuals' hearts along with passion to do something here in our community. Um, Susie mentioned that this church clearly does have a vision, and it took some time to form that and to develop that and to clarify that, but part of that vision is the reason we're here where we're at, and that's, that's to do something to help out the homeless people. Okay, and, and I think one of the things that we're learning is, is that just throwing material, material goods isn't the, the way to help. It's, and, and, and Ted's a great model of this. It's, it's just building relationships with people because they're people. And, and there's ways to do that. And, and these ministries of bringing warm clothing and something like that gives us an opportunity to actually build relationships with folks. And that's something any one of us can do. So so we know that's part of the passion of common ground. We know that college students is part of the passion of common ground. And again, part of why we're here and doing what we're doing, and we've seen God move in developing that. We just have to be prepared, well, what's next? Okay, we need to be prayerfully asking God what, what do you want us to do next how can we best minister here but I really want these two folks to share this morning because uh, they're a representation of, of the whole body here that God has laid a passion on your heart and, and, and He's not, you know, he's, he doesn't want you to sit in a chair and, and wait until he writes it on the wall or something he wants you to sit, just rise up and do something just rise up and do something with that and then he will direct and he will bring community around you he will bring people to you that will help you to develop that okay and that kind of what happened with hope center okay uh, there's the guy god laid it on his heart so he did something and now now there's hope center and you know i had the privilege of driving a lady there this week cuz i didn't know what to do but I knew Hope Center would know what to do, and, and so we brought her over there to, to give her some direction and, and to get her going. There's so much opportunity, okay? The minister of the church is not the guy standing behind the pulpit talking. The minister of the church is every single one of us. Every single one of us. And, and, and God's passion is for us to go out and to make disciples, So that leads back to part of my job is, well, how do we develop that? So that's why in January we're going to have a seminar, a Saturday seminar called Doing the Work of an Evangelist. How many of you here are a gifted, gifted evangelist? You know, you can eat chili and burp and people come to Christ. That's a gifted evangelist. You know, they just, it's easy for them. You know, they just do it. I know people like that. I'm not that. But yet we're told to do the work of the evangelist, every single one of us. So part of our training is going to be, well, how do I take the news of the kingdom of Christ into my sphere of influences here in Rapid City, to my neighborhoods, to my workplace and things like that? Uh, We want to develop that more because, you know, one of the things that we believe is that God wants to reach souls, that God cares about people. And and that it's not just about us. And that our Christianity isn't just about what God is doing here, but what God wants to do all around us. And, And our community is ripe for that. Another part that of common ground that is part of our vision is we are intentionally small. Okay, there's, there's a reason we're the size we are. Yes, we do need to look for more space, but not so that we can grow to be a church of 400, 500, or that sort of thing. Um, it, it would probably be more more along the lines to say to grow to be a church of about 200. And that's it. Because once you get bigger than that, you start losing community. And, and we start losing something that makes this very special right down here. So then how do we grow? Well, out of that 200, we take 40 or so, and we send them to a new church, and we start planting. I talked with uh, Chris Tweedy, who is uh, one of our district guys, and that's that's his his passion and his job is to help us in church planting. And he said, all of Western Rapid City, or Rapid City, all of Western South Dakota, as far as Christian Missionary Alliance churches go, this is it common ground. And, and, and East River, there's probably a dozen. He says, so right now he says, western South Dakota is fertile field for planting. Uh, that, that this is the perfect time and the perfect opportunity to start recreating small little weird communities like this Uh, where people can gather and they can have a home and it's, and it's a family. And it's it's a place where people care about one another. There's a reason we pray in the middle of church for one another. There's a reason we're, we're vulnerable enough. To, to share with one another what's going on because we believe that's important and we want to see other bodies being able to do that as well. So, uh, so that's part of the vision. We don't know exactly when and how that's going to develop when we're looking for a new pastor. That's part of what we're looking for is, mm-hmm. is someone that, that has that gifting and has that ability to, to take us that direction. But you know, that's not easy. You know, because what that means is, 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 is that, you know, to actually plant a church is that we have to have 40 people that consider themselves missionaries. You know, that they're, they're willing to leave their comfort zone of a thing called common ground and go be a pioneer in something new like that. But, but that's part of what God's doing in here. And so we have to learn how to train and we have to learn how to prepare for that. Some of you might be goers. And some of you might be stayers. Uh, both are important. okay? Uh, because once we send 40 out from a body of, of 200 or so, we still need the ones who remain behind to keep this stable and to prepare for the next 40. And you're looking at me kind of strange right now, but you'll be amazed at how fast that happens. God is a master of multiplication. In fact, wasn't that his first command to mankind? Go forth and multiply. And if you think about it, if one of us reached one soul for Jesus Christ, and that one reached one soul for Jesus Christ, and that one reached one soul for Jesus Christ, seven billion people on this planet within a decade will have heard the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They will have heard about it. That's how fast multiplication works, one by one by one. By one. So that's part of our focus of discipleship here is how do we train one another to be someone who will win one by one through the power of the Holy Spirit? Because we can't do it on our own. Uh, we need Jesus to be able to help us to do that. So let me wrap this up. Um, there's a lot that we don't know that lies before us. Uh, like I said, you have to be cautious. I had no idea a year ago that I would not be riding my fat bike, but I'd be recovering from a wreck. Okay, uh, That's how life is sometimes. Um, we do not know a lot of things that lie before us here. We know some things we have some clear vision we have some clear direction we actually have some movement that's already happening and I believe there's going to be some more movement that comes along with that but there's still stuff where we're going God we don't know how you're going to move we don't know when you're going to move we don't know what it's going to look like when you move so that brings us to this uh, David said this in Psalm 27 I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait for the Lord be strong be strong let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And, and, I, and I just took that as a good admonition for us as common ground that we be a people of prayer. That whatever the move is that God is calling us into here in Rapid City, that it is born out of prayer. So this is what I'm going to ask each and every member of this church to do, and that is to pray. Pray that God will show his hand while you are moving. Don't wait for God to move, and then say, "Okay, I'll jump in with you." Start moving now. Start taking that step of obedience, like, like Dayton mentioned. You know, it's trust and obey. You know, uh, say, "Okay, God, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm I'm taking that first step because it's upon taking that first step of obedience that you will then see God clearly lead and clearly direct." Yeah, that will require some agility. Yeah, it'll require some adjustment. Uh, yeah, it might require picking yourself up and dusting yourself off a couple of times. But that's how we get on board with God. He's already moving. <laughs> so while we wait, we move. While we wait, we pray. Okay? So, let the move of God be born of prayer. <laughs> And let that be a prayer of waiting, but also prayer of obedience, a prayer of faith, and prayer of trusting. And when 2021 comes, if Jesus doesn't come first, it'll be amazing to see where we're at then. We don't know what it looks like yet, but we'll see it if we join hands with God today. Alright, so let's pray together, and uh, and then we'll be dismissed. Matt, you got a song for us, right? Okay. Father, uh, as we come before you, there's, there's so much that we do not know. As somebody said, there's, if there's one thing for certain, it's uncertainty. But God, if, if we were to fix our eyes on you, we would have more certainty than we would ever thought we could have. So Lord, today may may today be the first day as we prepare to step into a new year where we resolve to fix our eyes upon you. Where we resolve to, to wait on you. And in our waiting, we resolve to step out in obedience, God. Um, as Abraham went not knowing where he was going, that was faith. And God, you, you began to clear, clear the path for him and to, and to make things more certain for him as he moved along. So may we be found doing the same thing. God, we pray for your provision. Um, we need a pastor. Um, we need space. None of us can make those things happen, but it's, it's something you can do. So God, we, We pray that you will provide for where we are lacking. And most of all, God, we pray for the souls of our city. We pray for our our brothers and our sisters and our fathers and our mothers, our daughters and our sons. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for our friends. We pray for our enemies. We pray for people we haven't even met yet, God. We pray for the forsaken souls that no one else is caring for that God, we might be the people that would take the love of Jesus Christ to them in, in both word and in deed. God, we pray for the work of, of come to the hills, for whatever it is that, that Ted's doing. I don't know what to call it anymore because it's so much bigger than hot dogs. We pray for that, that, God, you would show yourself faithful and show yourself mighty. Lord, there are things that are sitting in the hearts of people right here that, that need to be bursting forth into seed. God, we pray that you will direct and lead in that as well. Lord, we pray that your kingdom will come and that your will will be done. Lord, we pray for you to do a new thing in our own hearts, in our own spirits, but right here in common ground and right here in the city that surrounds us. Lord, cause streams to flow in the deserts of our souls, the deserts of our churches and in the deserts of our community. God, make yourself known to Rapid City that your kingdom would increase and that Christ's name would be glorified. And that souls that you love so deeply would be saved. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.